We got new boots and I'm so thrilled. They're Tacova's boots. And you know why I'm so excited about getting Tacova's boots and why I was so happy to get mine why? in the mail? Because why? the girlies from Potomac went to the Tacova store in the most recent season of Real Houses of Potomac. And I was like, if Robin and Karen have Tacovas, I want Tacovas. Well, I have a good reason too, because I've been doing a bunch of line dancing and I didn't have any cowboy boots. And so I got my Tacovas. Oh. And let me tell you, the difference it makes to be dancing in cowboy boots. Huge. On the line dancing floor. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. So you can really smack the floor and swing around. You need cowboy boots. Yeah, I didn't get cowboy boots. I got Chelsea boots, but they're great. They're brown. Oh, my God. I can't wait to see them. They're just, I like taking them on and off. They're so lovely. They're kind of a beautiful leather. They're beautiful leather. Well, they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. They've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. It's true because cowboy boots can be a little bit hard to mm -hmm. break in. Yep. You know? Yep. Mine, I was swinging around, no pain. <laughs> no pain. And Tacova's is Western to their core. They offer a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples like trucker jackets, the perfect jeans, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. They believe in Western for all. And you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. I saw them do it to the girlies from the Real House of Potomac. It seemed like they were being greeted like family. You'll be offered a boot shine and a drink. Yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. But if you can't make it into a store, Tacova's delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. You will drive it. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And our last show of the tour and our biggest show ever was last night. It was amazing. It hasn't happened yet, but it was so amazing. It hasn't happened to us, but it has happened to you, the listener. Nothing flopped at all. It was all a no. huge sleigh. Everyone laughed the entire time. It was crazy. And our after party was so fun. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for coming. And Katie and Eric Who's played the live Rita theme song and added a ver extra verse that you'll hear in next week's episode. Oh, maybe I shouldn't even spoil that. It's also on Spotify right now, right? <gasps> Wait, you're right. It's on Spotify right now. Oh, it's already on Spotify. You can find it on Spotify. Just do some digging. You'll find it. Thank you to everyone who came out to our tour. Amazing. Breaking news part two. I'm holding in my hand La Victoria's salsa crafted by Francia Raisa. Fire roasted salsa. Hot. And La Victoria salsa crafted by Francia Raisa. Fire roasted salsa. Verde. Hot. What's your, before you dig in, what's your mm -hmm. first kind of impression aside from the lateness oh, of the salsa? You know this. Okay, the box said Francia Reza on the side of the box. So the branding was down to the, like, paper box. Okay, I like that. I like that. So I open that up. There's a card in there that's, like, a special thank you from Francia that's, like, it's 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 long. It's about, like, how she learned the, the, the recipe from yes. her grandmother. Yes. And she improved it. And her mom was like, you know what? Yours is even better than grandma's now. It's so It's giving like, hospitality. Love that. The main thing that I noticed, which you know, because I was kind of aghast. They're plastic jars. They're plastic jars. Salsa almost always comes in a glass jar. Why are they plastic? doesn't matter what the brand is. Because it's Girly, cheaper. what's going on here? Plastic? Pla plastic. You want, you, want your, you want BPAs leaching into your delicious 
homemade salsa? I mean, BPA's leaching into everything, whether you want it or not. But like, this is just the 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 instant sort of like appeal, fresh out of the box. It, it dissipated pretty quickly when I picked it up and realized it was plastic. Okay, but okay, but it's all about the taste. Yes. So you can. And we don't tell. like to eat on this podcast, but for this purpose, Bobby will eat on this podcast. Yes. To taste the salsa. Here we go. And I'm gonna open it. it. I'm gonna open it like this, so that you can actually hear me. Because I've had La Victoria salsa before. It's in a glass jar. Here we go. Listen. I'm gonna open up. I'm gonna open up the the Verde first. No, I can't open it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. There we go. Okay, okay, okay. I heard it. Verde and... I heard it. Bitch. Okay. Um, <laughs> I got to say. Okay, initial initial thoughts. The Verde, I typically prefer a Verde salsa. It smells amazing. Okay. The regular one smells fine. Okay, I'm going to start with... Okay. I'm going to start with the... Um, the original, regular. Just the original... With tomatoes. Original flavor. Okay, I also brought a spoon because the chip has salt on it. No, I have lime flavored chips, so it's. Oh no. That's really good, actually. It's Uh-oh. really spicy. This is like Emma Chamberlain all over it's, again. It's, it's extremely. It's a lot more tomatoey than I expected. It's almost like it's almost like a tomato soup it's like very tomatoey okay that's good it's really good and it's a it's a nice texture i like this this texture it's it's very smooth um it's not chunky at all okay that's really good that's not kind of not what i it's it's like it's tomato soupy that's like no you know what it is it tastes it tastes closer to a bloody mary mix than a salsa i love that okay Okay, francia you're doing it let's do a verde oh Oh yeah. Oh have. Now I have to do a spoon. Hmm. This is the weirdest noise. Like these are. This is why people don't eat on podcast. This is amazing. Stop. Oh, that's perfect. Stop. That's amazing. I knew I would like that the Stop. most. It's Stop. really good. No, but is it actually? Does it taste fresh? Like it tastes extremely fresh. I will say though, it's not so hot I can't eat it because I I like hot stuff. I like spicy stuff, spicy but me, there's something about the spicy level that almost distracts you from the flavor, and you can tell that the flavor is really good. Okay, Sean. That's Sean from Hot Ones reference. It's slightly too spicy just for the sake of flavor, but it's really good, and I love the texture. Oh, my God. Did she slay the salsa game? She slayed the salsa in game. in the plastic jars? She slayed the salsa game, and I haven't had La Victoria salsa in a while. Can you bring one tonight to the show? I mean, the show yeah. that happened yesterday. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Bring the bring the not as spicy one so I can have it. Okay, okay. It's great. That's great. Okay, okay, great. You'll taste it and you'll realize how it tastes like Bloody Mary mix. It's there's something. It's I just love like really Bloody Mary mix. Although I don't know way. if I love Bloody Mary mix on my chip, but I <sighs> I don't. As Timmy always, as Timmy also agrees, I don't like jarred salsa. I'm usually like pico like i'm more of a i'm more of a different i'm wanting something different mm-hmm. for my chip if i'm dipping you know i want a guac i want a queso i don't really want a jarred salsa my problem with jarred salsa is that it goes bad really quickly yeah it does which means it's fresh i like it but then you buy the bottle and then it's bad in like two weeks yeah and you're like and also like unless it's a party like who's really eating jarred salsa right. unless you're having like 
a taco night, but even then you're not like using that much salsa at a time, you know? Exactly. Um. Anyway, it's great. Francia Slade. You are listening Francia, to Who's There, or we could call and we take questions. You probably can't concerns. get it, though, because she's already can't get At out the initial orders. No beef, just salsa. <laughs> no beef, just salsa. Thanks for she tasting it. She did it. Let's Thank you for sending it to me. some calls. You're welcome. Who Weekly paid for it. Hi, VLC. I'm sure you're going to get a million calls about this, and I'm not going to bother to look up the details, so you're going to play someone else's call about it. Um, but America Ferreira gave a statement to someone about why she wasn't at Nico Santos's wedding. Uh, she definitely was invited and she, she felt the need to uh, give an explanation to an outlet as to why she wasn't there, but I can't be bothered to look up what it was or where she said it or what she said. Uh, okay, thanks. Women do belong in balloons. Wait, I'm sorry. She Did you look it up, Bobby? Did you find out where she gave the statement to? I couldn't find it. I could only find also what I guess Timmy also found, which was this comment on People and Zeke's thing where it says, such a beautiful pick, devastated to miss it, hope it was the best day ever. Okay, that does imply that she was invited. It it's implies like, oh, I invitation. missed it, I got an invitation. But the caller is saying she gave comment to an outlet, which we can't find, so I'm sorry, caller, I'm not trusting the, you know, I need to see the, I need to see the source. I think the caller is just talking about like people and HuffPo and Daily Mail, they all did write about that comment. Oh. They sourced that comment. They said, America Ferreira wrote on Instagram, she was, quote, devastated to miss it. I think this caller is talking about an aggregation of this comment. Implying the invitation to the thing. So she was invited, Her and her response was, beautiful day, devastated to miss it, hope it was the best day ever. Okay, fine. Heart, heart. Yeah, and you and you somebody sleuthed and said she was at the Glamour's Women of the Year Awards. It was on Tuesday after this wedding, which she could have done both because the wedding was on the fourth and this was on the seventh. But that was maybe she, you know, was already in in wow. New York or wherever the awards were. They were in New York. You sound like Nico and Zeke. <laughs> she could have done both. <laughs> she could have done I'm just, both. I'm just saying, I, maybe she didn't realize kind of how many other members of the cast were coming and how it would kind of look bad that she wasn't. Well, it was funny because did you see there was a the Modern Family cast had a reunion at Sofia Vergara's house, you could tell, yeah, I because I recognized her I closet. And the dad wasn't there, but they had a picture of him and they definitely were almost overdoing it with like, we miss you, dad, what's his mm -hmm. name, whatever that actor's name is. And so I know the point of this wedding oh, was a reunion, but they didn't say like, we miss you, America, which I guess it like wasn't about her. So they didn't make it about her. But the, the way that they overdid it would cause there to be no like, oh, does he not? Is he, is there, is there drama, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So not that you mm -hmm. have to, but. What's funny about the America Ferrera comment is that it's also such a beautiful pick, devastated to miss it, hope it was the best day ever. It's the perfect lie. It's the perfect cover-up. If you weren't invited and wanted to make the public think you were, you could just write that comment. I mean, it's... I do believe she was invited. I'm putting that out there. I'm just saying it's true. It's the like... perfect comment. It's true. <laughs> and, then the, and then it becomes this thing between Zeke and Nika where they're like, can you believe her? Can you believe? And they're sort of gagged, though. <laughs> it's kind of like when gossip comes out, but you want everyone to know you already knew the gossip. So someone says the gossip, then you're like, oh, finally, that's out there. Yes, exactly. It's a version of that. It's a version of that. Oh, I've done oh, this now we, Oh, or oh, now we can talk about this. I fucking knew this already, babes. Babes, I knew this. Mm -hmm. Hey, hey mm -hmm. but when we both do that, because I'm like, well, then why don't you tell us? Or you know, like an extra key, an extra piece of the gossip. Yeah, and you're like, once oh, it's public, you're talk like, about this. Oh, well, then the other thing is, you know what I found out a couple of weeks ago? 
yeah. Z. And they're like, oh my God. Z. <laughs> Z. Oh my God. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Can we move on? Next, Next call. call. Hey, I just wanted to address the caller who asked if Sofia Coppola had ever watched Euphoria. She answers this on the interview she did on the podcast, The Big Pick. Um, she says that she has only seen one episode and it is hard for her to watch because she has a teenager or teenagers. So, and if she doesn't clarify, she saw that before or after uh, casting Jacob Elordi. But she has seen Euphoria one time, according to the source. Crunch, crunch. This is exactly what, I forget what we said on the pod, but like, it's we, like... We explained it because of her daughter and that she'd probably seen it once because she was... Yeah, intrigued. she said, not well, watching so you don't want to look this up before you answer. You want to speculate. That's the part of the yes, exercise. Yes. The, the, the game is to not actually know the answer to these questions. But I'm glad that we do, I guess. I mean, I, I, I fully did not expect Sofia Coppola to have, like, binged the entire season of Euphoria, you know? Mm-hmm. I still have to see this movie. Which one? Oh, Priscilla? Priscilla. Yeah, Priscilla. I would say run, don't walk. But yeah, yeah you should definitely see <laughs> Wouldn't it. Wouldn't you mean walk, don't run? What did I say? You said oh, run, the other don't way walk, but oh you didn't like God. it. <laughs> I meant walk, don't run. <laughs> Sorry, I usually say run, don't walk, but I did mean the opposite. You're correct. I did not like Priscilla at all. I will say walk, run, don't walk to Fran's piece on Jacob Elordi and Vulture. Yeah, I will say what I liked about the movie is he's definitely tall. He's <laughs> so tall and so charming. Elvis, I don't even think, was that tall. It's true. Kaylee Spaney is shorter than Priscilla, and Jacob Elordi is taller than, taller Elvis. than Elvis. So, like, the discrepancy yeah. is even more hilarious. It's giving like, Funhouse Mirror. <laughs> the whole movie, it's like Funhouse Mirror, too. But also, it really plays into the fact that he's so much older than her. So, it really doesn't... All of that kind of uh, magnifies the kind of points of the movie, which I guess would help, even though I did not mm-hmm. like it. Okay, can we move on? Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I'm listening to you talk about the sexiest man alive and like how it's unpredictable and I there's a reason for that. Um, I worked at People for a while and I like my first of all you were right that they, it was in the book for a long time. Like they decide who it is like if they can as early as possible. Um, and they the thing is it's like a combo between like PR and then, like, selling magazines and getting clicks. So they're, they go after the people who are obvious that people would have guessed it would be. But a lot of times the people say no. I remember, because this was a while ago during the timing phase, they, every year they would pitch Ryan Gosling, and Ryan Gosling always said no. So they have to get someone that's going to say yes who wants this type of press because it's, like, kind of slutty. And I don't know. I think – like, the way that it's gone the last few years, it kind of seems to me that some of the celebrities that they might have been able to get in the past, now that there's, like, different ownership and people have kind of changed, maybe people are less willing to say yes to it. But I also think, like, the demographic of people is a little bit different, especially for, like, the print magazine. Um, and for, like, this thing that's a little bit outdated, if you, I mean, have to really say... So there's, like, so many factors that go into it, and that's why it's impossible to predict. Like, I really don't think Timothy Chalamet would ever say yes to this because it's definitely not in his, like, like, it's definitely out of his, he is definitely out of their league in terms of, like, the PR that he's going to do because he's, like, a fashion guy. And I, like, 
Ryan Gosling at the time, like, really didn't do a lot except for promote his project, and this, like, type of promotion was not in line with, like, the promotion that he would have done. So, yeah, I think, like, there used to be a lot more goodwill probably with the people who worked at People because they had been there for a long time and they had their relationships with the publicists, and now there's, like, more of a turnover factory and there's different ownership and, you know, magazines, you guys know. But... Yeah, so that's all I have to say about it. It's, like, truly a puzzle. They, like, start from a list. It's kind of like casting. And then I think that they, like, narrow it down. And then they, I think, I don't want to say they pitch multiple people, but my recollection is that there were people who said no. There would be, like, this would be the ideal. And then, like, they start it really early because they have to get to a yes and then they have to the photo shoot and everything and, like, work built around the, like, main person because they have all those categories. So, like, depending on who says yes, the other people then are there. But, like, all those other people are secondary. So, ugh. Thank you so much for this. I feel like what's nice is she did the thing where she confirmed our suspicions, which I would say we're mm-hmm. pretty educatedly guessed. Like, we had a, we have a pretty good idea of how these things work. But then also said that, they will go for people like Ryan Gosling, which who we did guess would be in there because of Barbie, but there are people who say no every single year. And so mm-hmm. they go back to them and they're like, still no, babe, I'm not doing this, you know? Yeah, but yeah. I also think because of the strike, this year was a, was probably especially tough because the strike isn't going on for a while now. So probably when they first started asking the questions, people were like, I'm not doing this because if mm-hmm. this strike doesn't end by You're then, right. I'm not going to be on the hook to have to do this shit. Meanwhile, Patrick Dempsey was like, someday my prince will come. He was like, oh, my God, it finally came true. I know. He really did. It finally came true. Yeah, I guess Ryan Gosling always says no. Honestly, Ryan Gosling turning down people's sexiest man also has been reported about multiple times. Yeah, that did seem familiar to me. Okay, good. I'm glad that that there was a reason. I looked it up because I was like, I feel like I've read that before. Yeah, in in the rap, it's been – and this was in 2002. 14. So think of how long Ryan Gosling has been turning down Sexiest Man Alive. You, you got to kind of love that, you know? It's like, I never want to do this. It's embarrassing. You do kind of got to love that. No, you do. You do kind of got to love that. You kind of got to love that. Reminds me of one of my all-time favorite phrases, which exists almost exclusively in cooking videos, which is, you're going to want to. <laughs> you're going to want to use this parsley the way that. You're going to want to is, is, is this siloed phrase that almost exclusively exists in cooking. And I love it. It's very like no one who is learning English should know that learning or should be allowed to <laughs> right. or like let in on that because it's embarrassing. The other thing what I find is so funny is that I'm just thinking about Ryan Gosling having turned down Sexiest Man Alive so many mm-hmm. times. We are losing so many magazines and therefore so many of the popular formats that Sexiest Man Alive is actually weirdly one of the few remaining formats that happens once a year that people actually weirdly care about even for just one second people will be like oh who's the sex people's sexiest man alive yeah. like that's now a rarity and now i'm thinking like the men who have turned it down might have to say yes because there's just not many of these left and there's not much like promotional power left in in media is that depressing sorry like being on the cover of a random magazine used to be more of a thing and now it's like not always as big of a thing as people hope this is like this rubric that every year gets a little bit of buzz it hits mm-hmm. yeah right it's you know true. it made me think about um the essence sexiest man like retort that they did yeah and i was yeah. sort of like i know you only publish six times a year but it's like 
why not just really go off this and publish it the same week as Sexiest Man Alive? Like, really do a tete a tete. I'm just saying, like, there's not many, like, tent pole moments. Like, times one, the time 100, I would say, is one, right? And they're, like, still grifting, not grifting, that sounds rude, but like grafting off mm. of that energy and they still have the party and they still have the list and they, and people do care. But other than that, there's just not a lot of places like that left to do stuff like this. So I do feel yeah. like Sexiest Man Alive might have to, the, the men who said no might have to come back and say, knock, 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 let me in. I want to <laughs> be Sexiest Man. Knock, knock, knock. Let me on the cover. How much of this same you know that Bobby and I live in New York City. If there's anything we like talking about other than like, you know, what are the hot restaurants? It's apartments. Apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools that make it much easier when you're looking for a new home. I could talk about apartments for hours. <laughs> Where? What's in it? What do you want? How much? Landlords. Blah, what are your blah, mandatories? Blah. Laundry and building? Oh my God, you have a washer and dryer in the unit? Never heard of such a thing. Oh my goodness. I don't need it. But you know, I do need dishwasher. You and I do need. Oh, I take a dishwasher. I take a dish. uh, Actually, yeah, I take a dishwasher over a washer and dryer in a heartbeat. In a washer dryer. In a New York minute, baby. Any day. Do you need a balcony? No, I find balconies overrated. I think they're a scam. I think balconies are a scam to make people feel like they have extra value. Maybe you're like, no carpets. Maybe you're like, I need hard floors. Maybe you're like, I have a pet. I need somewhere to put my pet. These are all the things that you need to know when you're looking for an apartment. And using apartments.com means you can filter in and filter out whatever you want Mm -hmm. and you don't want when you're searching for apartments. And that is crucial. Features like favorites has the listings that stood out to you so you can revisit them and won't lose what could be an amazing future home. Visit apartments.com. The place to find a place. Let me guess. Your medicine cabinet is crammed with stuff that doesn't work. You still aren't sleeping, you still hurt, and you're stressed out. That's how it was for us. So we cleared out our cabinets and reset our health with CBD from CB Distillery. I like CB Distillery because I like CBD, but not all CBD. Mm. Sometimes you take CBD and you're like, yeah. this didn't do anything. Fair. You're like, did this do anything or didn't it do anything? Mm-hmm. I honestly can't tell. And then mm. sometimes when you take CBD that works... And you feel something, mm-hmm. you're like relieved. Mm-hmm. And CB Distillery, I'm like, okay, this is actually working. A little drip drip into the tea before bedtime? Into the tea. CB Distillery's targeted formulations are made from the highest quality clean ingredients. No fluff, no fillers, just pure effective CBD solutions designed to help support your health. In two non-clinical surveys, 81% of customers experienced more calm. 80% said CBD helped with pain after physical activity. And an impressive 90% said they slept better with CBD. I like it for sleep. That's what I use CBD for. And this one's a little dripper. You can a little drip drip yeah I a little like drip dropper turmeric tea you know Ooh, I love a little drip tea. drop if you struggle with a health concern and haven't found relief make the change like we did to cb distillery and with over two million customers and a solid 100 money back guarantee cb distillery is a source to trust we have a 20 percent discount to get you started visit cbdistillery.com and use code who for 20 percent off that's cbdistillery.com code who cbdistillery.com i want to be famous not Chris Appleton filing to divorce Lucas Gage after six months of being married. TMZ is so shady, and who else was I going to call with you guys about this? But Chris Appleton beelined it to court Monday morning and said they separated Friday. God, that's so efficient. 
Wow. RIP, I guess. Me in divorce court. Um, literally breaking news from Popcrave, and I'm hoping that you aren't done recording your show for tomorrow, but Chris Appleton filed from divorce from husband Lucas Gage after six months of marriage. I have to process this. I hope you're doing okay. Crunch, crunch. Hi, Angie Bobby to me. Um, long time, long time. I don't know why I'm so affected by the news that Chris Appleton filing for divorce from this stage. How long were we giving this couple? I was hoping it would be real. Love is dead. Crunch, crunch. To Bobby's dismay, are you guys about to become our source for the Chris Appleton Lucas Gage divorce? After six months of marriage, uh, <laughs> I feel like you prematurely called it, and we should have we should have been listening. Uh, crunch, crunch. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy, breaking news: Love is dead. Chris Appleton and Lucas Gage are filing for divorce. They're separated. Date of separation is the day after their Kardashians wedding episode aired. Um, so, you know, it seems all very legit and like love was involved. Um, yeah, uh, showing hope, crunch, crunch. We played a lot of calls, but my favorite was the first, who was actually the first caller to call in about this, which was RIP, I guess. <laughs> RIP, I guess. Me in divorce court. <laughs> RIP. I guess. Who didn't know this was coming? My blood pressure did not spike when I read this headline. Oh, they did? They filed for divorce? Crunch, crunch. <laughs> the way that this did not shock, but in a way, was surprising that they couldn't have waited at least a year. I mean, for under a year, it's kind of like, giving oopsie you know and then even more kind of just devious the episode that their wedding is featured on on keeping up with the kardashians on hulu Mm -hmm. was this week (laughs) in that it's kind of giving can you please wait to break up until after we air this episode and then you and then you kind of see the episode and you're like oh my God, like this entire wedding is about Kim Kardashian. (laughs) You didn't watch it, but it's like, she's like, I'm throwing a wedding for my friends and like, I'm doing this and like, I'm doing that. And like, I have this surprise for them and like, I'm gonna, and we got my PJ and oops, I forgot to invite Chloe. It's just gonna be me, I guess. And I'm doing this and I'm so excited and what a blessing. It's my first wedding I've ever done for anyone. I actually don't know. I don't know which one is, um, God, what's the, we we always fuck this up. I don't know which one is, um, Occam's razor or whatever. (laughs) <laughs> what's the most obvious explanation or the simplest explanation that like that's they just, did they get married because Kim knew that these were her two gay friends who would pretty much do anything for her attention <laughs> and for her and they also knew that marriage doesn't matter and that they can get divorced in two seconds marriage or do- well I think that they did know the second thing but it's a little bit Occam's razor it's not Occam's razor to think it's so complicated and such a thing for the show I think mm-hmm. it's just like they were hooking up and it was going well and they're like why not excited by it let's do it and Kim's like yeah let's go to Vegas and let's do it you know mm-hmm. <laughs> which is basically what I said when they got married which was that like 
I doubt they'll be together very long. Like we did mention on the first the first time we were talked about this that this would probably be featured on the show. This was probably in a sense for the show, and we were right about that. So I'm glad about that. I'm not surprised to read this this uh, report from what's this from? It's from us Us Weekly. Yeah. Quote, this is not where they wanted to end up, a source exclusively tells Us Weekly, adding that the split is not amicable. It will take time for both to get to a place where they can move past this and get on with their lives. Appleton and Gage's date of separation was listed as Friday, November 10th, which was just one day after the nuptials were featured in the new episode of Hulu's The Kardashians, which is, I mean, it doesn't get more calculated than that. But what I it's guess so I, what I guess I meant by my comment earlier was like, I understand that it was calculated and that they weren't going to release that this divorce was happening until after the episode aired. But like, I'm still not quite sure how far in advance it was decided that they would ultimately break up after this episode aired. Like a long time ago from the start of the marriage or just like a month ago. The likelihood of them splitting, of deciding they were going to break up the day before this specific episode aired is so unlikely. Like, that mm -hmm. is so slim. That is the opposite of Occam's Razor. That is the least likely thing to have happened or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then I, that I don't think that that's the accurate date of split. You know, they've been probably broken up for a month or whatever. Chris Appleton was at Chris Shell's fake Thanksgiving by himself. We should have himself. noticed. Honestly, looking by a little himself. sallow. Look, Sallow, rude. Yeah. <laughs> Quote, Kim has been helping Chris tie up loose ends with the divorce and has given him advice. He hopes it will be really quick and seamless because they have a prenup. In the episode, Kim goes, she quotes her ex-husband, we want prenup, we want prenup, which is like mm -hmm. a little, <laughs> little twisted of her. But, you know, she's a twist. She's a twisted gal. Oh, my God. So we wanted to ask you Congratulations. Wait, can I just give you one tip from a lawyer? Yeah, tell me. Prenum. Sign that prenum, baby. Yeah, just super general. I think I could maybe even write it for you guys. Exclusive. Chris Appleton, 40, steps out without wedding ring as he's seen for first time since divorce from Lucas Gage, 28, was revealed after six months of marriage. What's interesting <laughs> about this to me, though, is don't you think that this made Chris Appleton, like, more famous or made him look better or just more paid attention to, but it made Lucas Gage look kind of bad as kind of an up-and-coming guy. That's where I wanted to take the conversation. Thank you for going there first. <laughs> You're so welcome. I, I don't mean to be mean, but I do I do feel it comes up a little a little critical. But I, I do think that Luke this took Lucas Gage into territory being on keeping up and being in the tabloids. I think he went from being like, ooh, like up-and-coming star, exciting. Oh, he's in How to Blow Up a Pipeline to, like, being kind of grown, groans, you know? I think you're right that it probably helped Chris Appleton's notoriety. Notoriety, yeah. It made him a little more famous. Yeah. I mean, it definitely made him more famous. And it definitely yes. made Lucas Gage more famous. For sure. But what I found myself wondering is... Certainly, yeah, even if this was spontaneous and sort of like whatever, these two people, especially Lucas Gage, are kind of obviously obsessed with becoming more famous and like being calculated in a Kardashian way to sort of like leverage what l power they have over the media and their own like social media accounts and own like public perception into like more general fame. Yeah. They're clearly like pretty kind of good at that. Or they're at least around people who are good at that in Chris Appleton's case. Lucas, I think, is like more, I think is more deliberate and I think more conniving than Chris Appleton. That's sort of what he gives to me. 
Mm-hmm. But what I found I myself wondering, uh, that's too much of a preamble. You think it was for press? Or you well, th- no, I think they did it because they liked each other, but they were also like, it, do- it what's the harm in just getting married and then getting well, divorced? Right, right. that's what I've always so, said. Yeah. you know, whatever, yeah. And why not? And if and if honestly, Shania Twain's going to sing at your, at your wedding and Kim's going to officiate and it's going to be on television, that's kind of fun. Like, I, I get it. But get don't it. you think that doesn't work towards the Lucas Gage of it all in terms of him actually wanting some sort of not that this doesn't mean he can't but it just doesn't seem well this is where i'm going i think that lucas probably thought it would be a lot cooler and quickly (laughs) realized that it kind of was weird wasn't and that and it wasn't cool at all and it didn't suddenly make him super famous and all that much more intriguing and if anything, being married to this guy, then you got to drag him around all the time whenever you're famous, you know, like, because if you get married and then you and then you stop showing up with your husband, people are going to ask questions that are probably annoying. And then I think he probably found it to be a little bit of a burden and that it maybe tarnished what, what was arguably a bit of a rising star, even though he's honestly not been in much. I really do think that ultimately they probably regretted doing it. And not even just in like an interpersonal way and a like, I think this may have fucked up our brand. So anyway, I'm glad that you brought that up. You haven't seen the episode. I have. I'm not saying that episode really reflects on any t- sort of reality, although let's let's pretend it does or something because this did happen and they put it on TV and whatever. Just judging by the earnestness of the different characters in the scene, let's ignore Kim, I'm, even though she would be so mad that I would say that. Let's ignore Kim for a second. There's a scene where they're surprised, and this was reported on, so you remember it, by Shania Twain, who sings to them, you're still the one. And the funniest part of the scene is Kim, who I just said I would ignore, but absolutely cannot, said, this was my song, and I want to walk down the aisle to this song, you know, for the next person or whatever, LOL, wink, wink. But I'm lending them my song because they love this song too. And I'm just like, this is the most, like, unnecessary preamble to this not romantic moment, (laughs) the least romantic moment ever. That was my biggest complaint whenever we first recorded the segment, because You're Still the One is a song about people who've been together for a very long time and defied the odds, and it made no sense right, for and the two of them. Right, and these two met like one month ago. Because of it's Kim. It's Kim's song. So it's it explains everything. So they're like, we love this song too, but we're going to borrow it from her. And so Shania sings it, and then Shania's like, and then they talk, and Chris is like, thank you so much, blah, 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 you can play the clip. And Lucas goes, yeah, we're, you know, we're so happy to be here. Shania, you are so hot. This is the best moment of my life. Also, you are so hot. (laughs) What is your, so hot. We're not even in the moment here we're so out like i just i didn't you know and you know what not it's not for me to not judge maybe this person maybe lucas is not an earnest person therefore i'm also not a very earnest person in that way maybe this (laughs) is not how he shows (laughs) whatever but but what are you laughing at (laughs) but just comparing yourself to lucas gage because neither of you are earnest people is like well i don't know (laughs) it's me not me not seeing any sentimentality of somebody at their own wedding Mm -hmm. is could just be the way that they are or whatever, but it was giving like one-sided a little bit where somebody felt like yeah. they were more there for like the game of it all and yeah. the shtick and the fun and the and the glamour and someone else maybe felt a little bit more earnest about it and yeah. I kind of just laid it out for you who I thought. And you know what? The more you tell me about this episode, which I will have to watch after we I'm record sorry. because we'll have to clip it and put it in the show, the more you I'm convinced. No, but the more I'm convinced that like, it seems like the easiest explanation, the real, the true Occam's razor, is that Kim convinced them to do it. 
Kim's only concern in this entire thing is not losing her longtime hairstylist because that would be a really hard person to replace. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. I actually, I very much think that. She doesn't give a shit about Luke Gage. And guess who's been married a million times and divorced and it was fine for her? Yeah. Kim. <laughs> if anyone was going to convince two friends that it was going to be fine no matter what Just the outcome, it. it was Kim. We'll do it in You'll Vegas. You'll be on TV. It'll be fine. Oh the my God, our I numbers noticed... are going up on Hulu apparently. It'll be great. <laughs> the only thing I noticed about the wedding that I also want to note here was... When we first read about it, it was giving last minute. It was giving, mm-hmm. let's hop on the PJ, just go to Vegas and get mm-hmm. married. But the wedding had guests. There were guests. And not that many guests. But I would say but about like 10 to 15 guests. Mm-hmm. And it, that to me is giving, there were invites. There was a date. At least a this couple was of planned, weeks. It was planned at least a few weeks in advance. Maybe a mm-hmm. month. Maybe more. You know, it. there had to have been a runway to this event or else there wouldn't have been these kind of random meaningful guests. It 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 wasn't as There had to be a runway moment. just for the production of the show. Sure, but but they kind of, you know, plan they, Kim could have been like we're taking the PJ to Vegas to get married on the fly, like more so on the fly, <laughs> but more so than planning a wedding where guests come. That's what I was kind of surprised by. There was a bunch of bleak guests at this at this Vegas wedding and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. It means that there was some sort of planning going on here." There you go. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. to a who couple. You know, this is what we thought was going to happen with just Chriselle and G and their end game. They're thriving. The funniest part of Selling Sunset is when she shows her wedding ring and she's like, we're married. Well, not really, but we're going to be. But that's what I think is actually really Chriselle and G were like, oh, we got fun married. It's not that real, but mm-hmm. we're a real couple. These two got real married. Th- these two did it differently where it was like they got real married and it was mm-hmm. for it was for actual fun versus being like cute fun. You know what I mean? There is a, I'm not explaining this well, but there's a thin line and it, you can see the energy on either side of the line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and G basically did a promise ring situation where it's like we had a party to like basically get engaged and promise each other we're getting married. Yeah. You know, even though it's not legally done. These two got legally married. Mm-hmm. And they had a prenup, thanks to Kim, and a postnup, which you rarely hear about. What's a po- where are you reading postnup? The postnup was somewhere else. Oh, do I did I not put it in the thing? I I don't know that I'd ever heard the phrase before, but it's written post-nup. after the marriage is performed. The documents obtained by People show that the couple had a post-nuptial agreement dated May 3rd, a week and a half after their wedding in Las Vegas on April 22nd. Oh, right. They got married on my birthday. <sighs> Pursuant to the party's post-nuptial agreement executed May 3rd, 2023, all assets and obligations of each party are his separate property. There are no community assets. So I bet the split was honestly pretty easy. The main difference between a post-nup and a prenup is that many of the of either spouse's assets become marital property the moment they sign the marriage license. These might include stock options, blah, blah, blah. A post-nup must take care to address all marital assets. So a post-nup is like, oops, you still want to do this? And if you can agree to get the person to do it, then you, then it's a post-nup. Right. It's just harder. To, it's probably just harder to convince someone after the marriage document is signed. Yeah, no kidding. They knew this was over. <laughs> I Come know, on. that's true. It's they fun. were like, let's wait until the episode fun. airs. Let's do a post-nup and we'll wait until the episode. Kim will do a free post-nup. She has her law degree and we'll wait until after the episode airs mm-hmm. to break up. Yeah. Okay. God, DBS. Okay, next call. Gay wrongs. Now time for a gay right. Speaking of major, major gay splits. <laughs> Looks like we made it. Just look how far we've come. Baby. Hi, the weekly uh, first time, long time. 
I am calling because I just saw the announcement for the new season of Queer Eye, and at the same time as that was announced, Bobby Burke said this would be his last season with the show. Um, Right away, there were lovely send-off messages on Instagram from Karamo and from JVN, but notably, nothing saying goodbye to Bobby from Tan or Anthony. So it seems like the Anthony um, um, uh, boys' night out, whatever you want to call it, wedding thing, uh, the plot thickens a little bit around that. I wonder if you could um, share your theories. Thanks. Crunch, crunch. Before we get into it, can I ask you a question? Sure. It's giving one direction like Zane. Who did you think? Because it's like, oh, who did you think would have left one direction first, right? And it was Zane. Who do you think, before this broke, was going to be leaving Queer Eye first? Tan. And you thought Tan. Tan. Why did you think Tan? Tan? I thought Tan had a more discernible and robust and I think more like um Anthony had show had a show too that was sort of like random and I don't I just don't believe no one believes his 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 cooking talent his cooking abilities well that's like um, but the joke Tan on the show. had his next in fashion show Tan was like a working stylist I think Tan had more on paper that made sense as a sort of breakout thing I agree with you don't you think Bobby though has to do so much of the work here and has his own big design firm as well that no but he... here's why i thought that bobby was too integral to the show to leave <laughs> because the show doesn't get any of the big reveals without bobby because he does all the work well, they That's can the hire him they can hire a new bobby he's barely yeah. on the show because he's always busy doing the stuff the actual work i thought it was gonna be karamo if only because of the confidence that he has and the show he already has his talk show he's mm-hmm. you know i thought on. he was going to be like i want to host i want to do this i want to do that yes he probably does the least work on the show well mm-hmm. he, he you know it's a heavy emotional list but li- it's a heavy emotional lift but you know f- mm-hmm. physically he's really not doing much but i thought that like th- by the vibes of it all that he would be the first to kind of be like i'm gonna go do my own thing and our friends had different answers. Someone said Anthony. I said, no, Anthony is too smart not to know where his bread is buttered, figuratively and literally, because he's teaching women how to butter bread on this show. <laughs> and someone else said JVN, because JVN actually is maybe the breakout of mm-hmm. the show in terms of culturally. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I also think JVN's too smart to leave the show, because I think yeah. JVN recognizes that their best features are on this show. They're yeah. they're They're edited so nicely and featured so flatteringly on flatteringly. the show. Does yeah. that make sense? Like they're yeah. it, the the best of them comes out on this show, I think. I think the best of all of them comes out on the show, but especially I agree. for JVN. I agree. And JVN yeah. wears their heart on their sleeves in a way that like almost like right, allows, the show allows needs, the viewer to cry along with needs. them. Needs. Mm-hmm. Yes. You need someone yes. who is going to respond to everything the way that you, the viewer, are responding to everything. Yeah. And JVN yeah. is there for that. In a way, Bobby leaving kind of doesn't really shake the integrity of the show or the core of the show's emotional yeah. because Bobby was always like, kiss, kiss, I'm going to like build you a new house. And mm-hmm. really like that can be done by 
any you know many different parties. Look, I I I've, I have Discovery Plus. You can find I know another how, gay. Uh, I know how many people designer. are capable of building a house. <laughs> you yeah, know? we can find another gay interior decorator if, if we if we yeah. Look Instagram enough, Reels seems to think I want to see nothing but them, and I'm I'm constantly have to say not interested, not interested in this. You should new comment interior gay interior decorator. You should comment. Go on Queer Eye to all of them to like give them a pat. no. <laughs> okay. Because if um, I comment, the algorithm will think that I'm engaging, and I don't want to engage. Wait, uh, he wrote, the love that I have received from you over six years has been surreal. You've tuned in and been dedicated fans. It's kind of boring. It's all really nice, though. It's with a heavy heart that I announced season eight will be my final season. It's been not an easy decision to be at peace with, but a necessary one. Although my journey with Queer Eye is over, my journey with you is not. You'll be seeing more of me very soon. It's giving I did get an HDTV deal. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't want to read too much into it, but we have a podcast. So uh, reading too much into things is part of the job. That's all that we do. What are you reading into? Did you notice something a little interesting about the carousel? No, I didn't even look at the carousel. Scroll through let the carousel. Okay, Scroll through the carousel see. and tell me if you notice something that okay, I think is see. glaring. So the first photo is Bobby hugging a woman and Karamo's there. Uh, that's so nice. It's meaningful. Second one is Bobby and one of the guys I don't know, talking to him from the show, not uh, who's on the show. The third carousel is Bobby with Karamo again and a woman on the show. Four slide Bobby and one of the women from the show. Uh, another slide with Bobby and somebody from the show. Uh, Bobby and somebody from the show. Then the last picture is Bobby, Karamo, Tan. It's all of them. Anthony and JVN. Okay, so all of them. Yeah, so, so it's all Karamo until it's all of them. I think he <laughs> picked favorites. I think he's literally, I think he's literally... I mean, broadcasting to the world that his favorite person is Karamo. I mean, I mean, maybe. I think they all have allegiances. Like, clearly, you know, like, yeah. like Anthony and JVN are tight. And JVN mm -hmm. and Tan, I want to say, are tight, right? Mm -hmm. Or Anthony and Jan Tan or something. Well, Tan and Anthony are tight because Tan and Tan went to Anthony's bachelor party. Right. We talked about this. The closest friends are the three of them, maybe. God, I have no, I maybe have no idea. Tan, JVN, and Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think Cromwell's like, we're co-workers. And Bobby's like, where am I? You know, and I, 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 there is kind of a, you know, five-some odd man out mentality, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. That's, a, yeah. that's reading into it. You did say this yeah. was reading into it, but you are reading into yeah. it. And everyone commented, heart, heart, heart. We will miss you, blah, blah, blah. Timmy could not find Tan's comment, but we're recording this as of today. Maybe it was to come. I don't know. Tan's comment is not there. <laughs> are you sure? It hasn't no, just No, there is up. no Tan comment. Did he post? No, and Tan posts regularly, stories yeah, and Yeah, he grid. posted. Oh, because he hosted the Selling Sunset reunion or something? Yeah, which which was last night, which I haven't watched. I haven't watched either. Maybe he was busy promoting the Selling Sunset reunion. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. He has, a, he has a pin. I don't see Tan on this thing. Damn. All right. All right. And I think... That's notable. Tan's busy. I'm loading so many comments and then it's control Fing. No. no. Right. There's a woman, there's a woman oh verified named um Tani Yanayak says I love you, Bobby. Uh Karen Tan says Bobby no. <laughs> I don't see Tan France. I don't see That's Tan France. Saying something. Okay. And this okay. photo, even the body okay. language, your body language expert here. Is showing two alliances. Uh huh. 
Uh-huh. Fascinating. Uh-huh. Anyway. Okay, okay, okay. I, I don't want to say that definitively because I do feel like Instagram does make it hard to find these things, like yeah. a like or a comment or a post, but there's or nothing he's posted. Yeah, like you, it's it makes it kind of elusive, the elusive Shantus. Lately, they've been calling me the elusive Shantus. <laughs> but... Uh, it is interesting that you can see very clearly all the comments, but not his. <laughs> all right. Okay. I mean, think about it. I'm thinking. I thought. Speaking of Bobby's. Hey, BLT. So Bobby Storm, a self-proclaimed Grammy-nominated um, gospel singer, was almost kicked out of the flight of Delta Airlines for blessing the flight she felt with her music and uh, confused about why she was asked to stop. Um, Bobby Storm, who is this? And if you were on that flight, would you want Bobby Storm giving you a free concert? All right. Women belong in balloons. I'm going to have to play the clip of her. I'm going to have to play the clip of Bobby Storm singing on this Delta flight. I have to say, when Timmy sent this clip, I was so deeply embarrassed by the concept of it when they expl- when it was like explained what it is before I put, po- I, I could barely mm-hmm. click on this. It, it's just deep. It's deeply uncomfortable what happened so this is a video of a woman named bobby storm sitting on a delta flight singing while they're on the tarmac i And then the voice that you might hear is of a flight attendant saying, don't do that. <laughs> Are you able to be quiet? But they're enjoying it. So while we're sitting here, could I please? I'm not enjoying it. So I'm asking you, can you be quiet? Okay, well, that's I find yes, that That's a yes or no uh, answer, please. Am I going to go to jail if I don't? Can you please answer my question? Are you willing and able to be quiet right now? I'm doing what the Lord is telling me to do. I'm asking you a question, yes or no. I'm your flight leader. I need you to follow my instruction. Okay. My instruction for you to answer my question. Are you able to be quiet? What right do you now? guys think? I'm asking you, ma'am. I'm asking you guys. What do you guys okay. think? Okay. If you're not able to, be, to follow my instruction, yeah. you will not be taking this flight. Ah, uh, okay. Are so you able to be asking. quiet? If that's the case, then that's fine. If you were the so person that's in yes? charge of it all. I'm your flight leader, yes. If you're the person in charge okay. of it all, then that's okay. fine. All right. Thank all right. you. She's singing because she found out that she got nominated for a Grammy. Well, but put an asterisk on that. We'll get to that in a second. Because the Grammy nominations were this weekend. And she's posting this video saying that she's annoyed with Delta for getting annoyed with her, but also that it is the Maverick Way, which is the album that she worked on that was nominated for a Grammy, to listen to God's voice and sing and exalt him regardless and be a fearless flight singer as she put in a hashtag okay usually when you see people go viral (laughs) on an airplane for being disruptive they're usually just lay people who then go viral and then end up on some horrible podcast or talk show to explain what they did like i'm thinking about that woman who honestly was going through something and started screaming about something that she was seeing in the back and she becomes kind of infamous and then starts teasing like i'm gonna explain myself soon like i'm gonna become a life coach or whatever like remember she launched something and like said i'm coming back i'm coming back you rarely see it with a vaguely famous person 
who then becomes a little more famous because of it. I don't know that I've ever seen this happen with an actual like celebrity, even though she is a minor one. Well, as you and I both experienced, flight attendants have gotten a little little power hungry. And I think it makes perfect sense. I think that they I think that they worked through one of the worst industries to work through during COVID. Fa- okay, and are fair. You're thinking on yeah, you- the, and are on their fucking last nerve and they yeah, will not right. put okay, up fine. with someone singing while they're on the tarmac. <laughs> I know, but it's just funny because I had we had this experience with like a very intense flight mm-hmm. attendant recently. And I was yeah, like, they will not put okay, up with your shit Hey, like, okay, dominatrix ass. I, I know why you get into this he, job about for this. free. He ended up being a free huge travel and- by the end of it. Well, he wasn't really a huge sleigh. He was just making up for being a little bitch to me. <laughs> okay. He loved me. He was nice to me. They closed down the marketplace, but those bags of sun chips are one eighth of the size of a normal bag of chips. It's insane mm-hmm. how small those bags of chips that they give out now are. That's why I said, could I have two bags of sun chips? And he goes, honey, you can have as many bags of sun chips as you want. And I was well, like, he was Thank trying you, to be I'm nice to you because he had just been a, he had just been a bitch favorite. to me. So he, <laughs> yeah, he saw you and he said, Okay, I'm going to be nice to him. You don't want to be nice to me? Fine. He ended up being very nice to you by the end. Anyway, Bobby Storm. So I've said asterisk with regard to her Grammy nomination because as Billboard pointed out in their write-up of this, which was headlined, gospel singer Bobby Storm with an I, not like me with a Y, called out for entitlement after singing, announcing Grammy noms on Delta Flight. And they said, (laughs) while Storm is a featured vocalist on Maverick City Music's The Maverick Way, which is nominated for Best Gospel Album at the 2024 Grammys, the singer herself is not nominated for any awards at next year's ceremony. Time ago, I just found out I'm up for two Grammys. My very first time, you guys. My name is Bobby Storm, and I'm up for two Grammys. I sing for the Lord, and my song is out on all platforms. It's called We Can't Forget Them. Michael McDonald cleared it. She worked on a project that was nominated, which is amazing. But it's amazing. She does not actually have a Grammy nomination. So when this happens, people are instantly like not on her side, which is so funny. It backfired. Well, the thing is, is that airplane etiquette is a really hot button issue with people. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like people have these ingrained opinions about what is right to do mm-hmm. on an airplane and what is mm-hmm. not right to do on an airplane. And I'm not going to get the, into the specific ones, but there's so the many. sports player who was like, the baseball player oh, who was yeah. like, the popcorn that was everywhere. Yeah, and, and she thought they, got, they, they would They told me to pick up the popcorn. Yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. But I think between the, the between putting your seat back and f- shoes off and on and the and bathroom, and, there's so many different rules that people have for themselves and for other people on airplanes that like this just feeds into people's opinions on that. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people are just like, I want to get on an airplane and I just want no one to talk to me and I want to go to sleep or I want to exactly. just be left alone. Exactly. And I don't need some woman singing on the tarmac because it's Despite stressful enough to be on voice. this tin can in the sky you know mm-hmm. but some yes. people were like i love a fun moment on a plane i love a meaningful moment let's clap when the plane lands let's clap i don't care how beautiful her voice is right i think that the former is the majority i think they're just i like, would say the former get me is off majority. this thing yeah people aren't like i'm trying to have disney world they're like i'm trying to go to disney world mm-hmm. yeah okay so so she sings going. and she's like At the end of the day, God is glorified. Tell me, how are you choosing to love on purpose? Blessings to you all from your hashtag fearless flight singer, hashtag we can't forget him, which is a song she was singing, and hashtag the Maverick way. So she did 
act as a featured vocalist on the Maverick Ways gospel album, but she also recently released a song called We Can't Forget Him as a single on her own like two months ago. And it's actually doing quite well. It's like, I think her most popular song ever and has sort of gone viral on I think TikTok, but like the video is very popular, like has over a million views. It's by far like her biggest song on YouTube and on Spotify, but she is celebrating this Maverick Way song. Okay. So when she posts it, I think she truly was expecting people to say like, yes, how dare Delta shut you down? Like you have a beautiful voice, speak from your heart. The comments are almost exclusively shut the fuck up. Leave people alone. You're so entitled. Once airplanes come into the picture, people go absolutely <laughs> bonkers. Don't you think? Yes. Okay. And so all the commenters are instantly not on her side. And she remains defiant. And here's a video. I have to play this part. Hey, you guys. It's rest day for me. So the hair is looking a little crazy, but I wanted to follow up with you guys on Delta um they did reach out to me so whoever called um i i I can't say thank you because i don't want this man to be reprimanded um where he loses his job i simply want us to keep in mind how to treat each other and um there was no rules being broken um and it was just me spreading my joy with people after they gave me the go to do so the comments remain, <laughs> I am Gina Graham. You should have just been quiet. The Lord had nothing to do with that. KYR3279. Why should he lose his job because you wanted to be a Karen of entitlement? I'm disgusted by this. Like, she really cannot win here. I'm telling you, it's air- once, pe- once it's airplanes, airplanes get involved, people lose their goddamn mm-hmm. minds. You know? Everyone sees the airplane as a different type of space. I really think so. I really think everyone can... It's like, we do not agree. We do, As a culture, we don't agree on what the airplane should be. No. And what we do on it. And after she said that a Delta Airlines executive called her and said what she did was okay, oh, people no. started commenting, you're making that up. And then she posted a screen. She made another video I know, posting a it's screenshot fine. showing someone in her contact list as Delta Airlines reaching out. And she's like, I'm not lying to you. I know. It's a lot. Here's the thing about this woman, Bobby Storm. I'll play We Can't Forget Him here. It is a beautiful song. She's a beautiful voice. She didn't become a gospel singer until the pandemic. Okay. All of this was said on a interview that was like a 20 minute interview that I listened to from a DC radio station with Vic Jagger. And I was like, oh, she's she somehow accepted this interview with Vic Jagger on this DC radio station to talk about what happened on the fucking plane and to sort of explain herself. Oh not God, once, not once does the plane come up. It's like a 23-minute interview where she just talks about herself and her career. And the DJ is like, I just think your music Wait, but- is beautiful. No, they don't bring it up. I feel like that was almost probably the terms because she okay. doesn't bring it up at all. But she does explain what her history was. And her history is kind of interesting where she was like okay, a corporate wedding singer. She like fully just every week, that was her job. She worked for a company and she sang at weddings. And like, she was like, everyone wants at last. Everyone wants at last. 
Right. And then at some point, and then she's been releasing songs, music since like 2016. She says pink songs slay at weddings, which they she do. She loves that pink. Pink's one of her biggest musical influences, which is well, I think if you worked at a wedding, I think if you worked at a wedding band, you would be like, there'd be a lot of pink in your right. Life. That added so much context because that was an interview she gave to BET a couple of years ago. Yeah. And she's like, I love pink. People sleep on pink. But in this other interview, she says she used to just release like R&B music. It was not gospel. And then during the pandemic, it's very much like a, a reconnection with God. God spoke to me and said, you should start singing gospel. So it's a brand new thing that she's gospel. She just wanted mm. to sing R&B music, sing pop music, like be a singer. She says, I never wanted to be famous. I just wanted to be a professional singer. Here's a video that I scrolled through to the bottom of her Instagram account. Singing in public is not something new for her. Before this happened in 2019, this is the BET interview now. Yeah. They say, you perform everywhere. That's actually what I wanted to ask you. Is that how you got the nerves to publicly perform at random, like Stop. on planes and whatnot? This Stop. is the thing she does. Wait, so she's I mean, done it the before? the first time I sat on a plane, and this is before she was singing gospel music. The first time I, so this isn't about like, God, God, God. This is about like, I just want to sing. I mean, the yeah. first time I sang on a plane, I really felt like I was going to like use the bathroom on myself. I was so nervous. I was shaking. That's why over time I kind of lost a love for singing in random places. And now I just do it every once in a while. Okay. Here's a video from August 2018 of her singing on the subway. I, You are not prepared. Just get, what song could she be singing? So raise your glass if you want. Okay, wait. Oh, baby, why don't you just meet me in the middle? Stop. She's singing the middle. People start singing along. It's really cute, actually. Subway's not a plane. If someone sang the middle by Marin yes. Morris and Zed in front of me I'd on a subway, like, yes, I would I love fucking this song. scream. Uh, I'd take out my headphones. I'd sing along. You'd say, baby, just meet me in the middle. <laughs> I just think it's when, it, when planes get involved. I'm telling you. It's Sing like, literally anywhere else. She also used to be a cruise ship singer. That's why I'm surprised that she's been like, I've been singing on plane. Like, I'd sing on planes. Like, it's like, you has this not happened to you before? You know? So sometimes I can jump the gun and do some things on social media. And I posted on social media page, what if I sang on this plane? And a lot of people saw it. And they voted that I should do it. I'm that type of person. I like to really go through with whatever I start. So I was like, I got to do it. So I went on Instagram and I did it. The reason I brought up the fame thing at the at the top of the segment, we can end this. But like... You rarely see people who are already sort of a couple of rungs up the fame ladder use virality to go more famous. It's usually people right. who are not even on the ladder who are like, wait, I can parlay right. this into fame and it doesn't work right. or it typically doesn't work. In this instance, I think this will be to her benefit because she has she has music to listen run. to. In the long right. run. She okay. has music to listen to. She had a song that was already sort of bubbling up that came out a couple of months ago. And uh -huh. her voice is really good. Uh -huh. And honestly, like, sing anywhere else but a plane and you'll be golden. That's how I feel. It's like singing in public can be very – or he, hearing singing in public can be quite charming in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. Plane, no. No. Plane. No one is in a good mood on a plane. No one's in a good mood. And the people who are in a good mood on the plane are the most irritating people on the planet. <laughs> yes, and they're in first class. And good for them. Good for them. Good for them. Must okay, be nice. Call. I want to be famous. As you know, this podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. When we announced our latest tour dates, I said, well, all I have to do is get these on the website. And that's going to take me literally 30 seconds. It's going to take me maybe shorter than this ad goes on to update our 
tour dates on the website and making it easy for everyone to go buy tickets to see us in London and Dublin. And we wouldn't have been able to do that without Squarespace. I know. And then when we added a new date, you said, Bobby, can you update the poster? And then I sent you the new poster and then you just put it back on the Squarespace. Yeah. Because you can just drag and drop. I uploaded it. It was incredible. And there it is. You can buy tickets right on our Squarespace. That's right. It's the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online, whether you're just starting or managing a growing brand. Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time all in one place, all in your terms. I know. We've got the contact form, which is used all the time. People always contact us through the Squarespace contact form, which we love. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to embed stuff, as we said. A feature that you love using when we're testing stuff out which is like password protect pages if you're not ready to launch them. You love putting a password on a page and being like, check this, make sure it's okay. But it's very helpful. Yes, of course I have to do yeah. that for testing, for beta yeah. testing. It's very Gotta nice. make sure it's right. You use it for beta testing, but you could also just like make pages private. If you don't want to like put every episode of like your secret podcast on your Squarespace, just put it behind the paywall. <laughs> oh my God. So go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, Go to squarespace.com slash who, W-H-O, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time for you to get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit. A game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback, and did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. We're traveling to two English-speaking countries for the next leg of our tour, but if we want to travel to Japan or like Poland, we should use Rosetta Stone to learn a language. I'm definitely traveling to Japan and Poland, and I'm definitely using Rosetta Stone to learn a new language. We have to make Who Weekly multilingual with Rosetta Stone. That's been a fantasy of mine for a long time, to be a bilingual podcast, and the only way to do it is by using Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. They've been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They're known for their fast language acquisition because they immerse you in many ways. There are no English translations. You really learn to speak and think. There's an intuitive process and they're designed for long-term retention. They have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's an amazing value because Lifetime Membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in your entire life. That's Lifetime Access to all 25 language courses. Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off steal. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership at 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com who today. How much of this same? Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. I am watching the new Buccaneers show on Apple TV Plus, which BTW, I would love you to recap for the Patreon. Um, but headline news, new Nepo baby just dropped because there's this one girly who I kept being like, why does she look familiar? And then she turned to, to a particular angle and I was like, oh, that girly is giving Punnett Square. It is Kate Winslet, but young, and it is, in fact, Kate Winslet's daughter, and I was sure she was going to be a rock and roll, but apparently not, because her name is Mia Threppleton, 
And I would just love to know more about this Nepo baby and where does she fall in the current Nepo baby hierarchy that we have going on right now. Anyway, it is really giving Punnett Square. Once you see it, you really see it. Um, hope you're having a great day. Love you guys. Avia Tiangian, Crunch Crunch. I was sure she was going to be a rock and roll. I hate that that makes sense. <laughs> uh, Ned, rock and roll. She's not mm-hmm. a knock. She's not a rock and roll. She's a th- she's a threepleton. A threepleton. Mm-hmm. Threepleton. They've been together for over ten years. Ned, rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Ned, freaking rock and roll. They were. He's going to take her to space. He's going to take her to space. I know. He's been he's been Did saying he? that for a long time. No, she hasn't he's been to space. Like, Kate, babe, no. we're going to space. No, she hasn't been to space. So I watched this entire show because we got screeners and I just couldn't help myself. And this is like the show in my wheelhouse. I don't think it's okay. I would say it's okay. It's not it, it, it's not bad enough to be recap worthy. It's not good enough to be recap worthy. It's just fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mia is not one of the main characters. She's kind of like one of the side characters. I hope that that's not something that's spoiled. Maybe I'll just cut that. Maybe just cut that. What's interesting, though, is that she is a side character. So her debut isn't one of the leads. It's like she's still sort of starting from the bottom. What I'm saying is it's not like Louisa Jacobson who instantly becomes the lead of this show. And you're no, like, you're not good enough nice. for this girly. She's a subtle character on the show in that she does a good amount of stuff, but she's not a main character. Mm-hmm. And it is true. Her face shape and the lower half of her face is giving <laughs> Punnett Square. Especially her. She's got the, the, mouth. the birthmark and mouth is like incredibly Kate. Although I have to admit, when I was watching this, I didn't clock it. I didn't say that's Kate Winslet's daughter. I did. It, I wasn't even thinking that. Really? I don't know. Really? I really didn't. I just couldn't. I said there's something about that girl, but I, I didn't mm-hmm. think it was that. Mm-hmm. I will say that. And the other thing about this girly is that, yes, it's Kate Winslet's daughter in a, in a show, but there really isn't much about her out there for probably a good reason. There's one kind of profile in Vogue UK. It says Mia Thrapleton, Thrapleton. I don't even, how do you even say this last name? is the breakout star of Apple TV's new period drama. I would argue she's not the breakout, but like, okay. And it's a very short and sweet little profile that gives you not much. It just says the girl he loves to read. She's off social media (laughs) and she was born in London, New York raised, and now in Edinburgh. But there's not like, there's not a lot of personality. Like it's not, there's just not a lot. We're basically what we're going to say is like, Oh, she's her daughter from this uh, marriage she did, her one of her early marriages with a guy who was a director, right? Well, they met because he directed Hideous Kinky, which was her like first post-Titanic movie, I think. One of them. Right. And then they broke up when she was kind of young. And now she's with Ned Rock and Roll. But there's just not a lot about her daughter, which makes sense because she's the daughter of a famous person. So she's been aware to keep herself kind of on the DL for her whole life. Yeah, I think that's it. And also, in every interview Kate Winslet has given, especially in adulthood, like middle age, she's been like, becoming that famous at that age was absolute misery. Everyone was awful. So of course, Mia Thropleton, Thropleton has sort of been under the radar until now. You know, I think Kate was very deliberately like, you can do this, but be aware of how bad this was for me. Yeah, uh, this is what always happens with actresses and actors mm-hmm. and their kids. They're always like, don't do it. But it's what's interesting to me is 
her debut was a was a show with her mom to kind of prove herself like yeah where she played her daughter which is I gotta say kind of a risk like I'm not sure that that would be my suggestion like play your play the daughter of your actual mother who's a famous actress but it wasn't a smaller BBC type show yeah. that I think was really kind of under the radar but her mom won a thing for it didn't she win an award for it or something for she, I am Ruth she, yeah, she like thanked her daughter like on stage at something, which I assume was an award show. Yes, she got a BAFTA and she dedicated it to her daughter. That's cute. Her lookalike daughter, Mia. If I could cut this in half, I would give the other half to my daughter, Mia Threppleton. We did this together, kiddo. Her first movie was Little Chaos, which is the Alan Rickman RIP directed, fantastic underrated movie with Kate Winslet. So again, her first movie was with her mother. Yeah. If you're going to do this, you're going to do this <laughs> safely with me. And is she giving Punnett Square? You know she's also giving? Mia Vasikowska. Oh, she does give her. Alice in Wonderland herself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she does give her. She does give her. Next call. Someone who's giving, honestly, no one else. Someone who is singular. <laughs> Someone who is only giving her goddamn self. Lauren Sanchez. Hi. Have y'all um, seen this photo shoot with Jeff Bezos and Lauren Sanchez, um, where they're cosplaying as um, country boy and country girl, or I guess just, you know, as ranch hands. I I don't know what this is. Anyways, have you seen it? Um, If not, I think, you know, it's relevant because she's, an iconic who. And uh, this photo is really weird. It looks like she doesn't have a torso. Um, anyways, crunch, crunch. Aside from the absolutely disgusting display of wealth that these two mm, do. <laughs> How do you even go past that? <laughs> but I'm going to because this is an incredible profile in Vogue on Lauren Sanchez, who, who I do it? find to be an incredible. Fi- who wrote it? Chloe Mal. Who's that? The daughter of Louis Mal and Candace Bergen. Little Napa baby herself. Stop it. Stop yeah. it. Candace Bergen's daughter wrote this? That is yeah. so funny. Yeah. Wow. I mean, she's okay. a writer. It's not like she doesn't write. She's a writer. She's been writing for Vogue for a long time. But it's just, That's it funny. was funny to this see specifically. It's good. It was funny to it's see good. specifically this this name. And I know that Vogue and all those Conde magazines have plenty of like extremely rich people writing for them. Like very privileged writers. But it's also writers. interesting to but see a a. a Girly who grew up wealthy with wealthy with famous parents write about two wealthy people because you're right. There's there's a few asides about the wealth being ostentatious or whatever, but not that Mm -hmm. many. It's it it takes her it very much takes her at face value, which I think is like what she demanded when she said, "I will do the profile or whatever." Is let's just say there there are plenty of people at Vogue (laughs) who would have had different perspectives had they been assigned this piece. But also, I think that I think that Lauren Sanchez may have wanted a particular type of writer. Maybe I'm probably reading too much into it. Unfortunately, I shamelessly really enjoyed reading this because it's fucking oh, it's hilarious. It's like, great. It's, Fezos aside, don't really give a shit about him. Honestly, really don't. 
Lauren is hilarious. Like, <laughs> she is so fucking funny. Like, she's like, get in my helicopter. Here we go. We're, like, we're having margaritas, and then we're getting in the helicopter, and we're going down into the pit. What's in the pit? A weird clock that we buried in here to go off every million years. Like, it's the absurdity of what these two, but specifically her, are doing is so camp. It's, it is literally camp. It's also one of the campiest things imaginable to be like, these two are so in love. And if you don't believe me, I've got some secondary interviews on the horn. Here's Barry Diller and Diane von Furstenberg. I know. And they're like, these two they're so love in each love. Other. They love each other yeah. so much. You don't understand well, I mean, it. It's like hysterical. Diane von Furstenberg also posted while we were recording an image of her, Barry, Lauren, and Jeff. And Lauren is snatched more than anyone's ever been snatched. And the caption is, Last Sunday, we celebrated legendary love. Lauren commented, love you, Diane. She's like, babe. The whole thing is her being like, babe, 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 babe. You know? Sanchez herself plans to venture into space next year, filling the capsule of the New Shepard, the name of Blue Origin's reusable 60-foot suborbital rocket, with five other women, about whom she will say only that they will be remarkable and are, quote, paving the way for women. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to be in this spaceship with the with the cool women with, and me. And me. <laughs> I'm going to be in the spaceship with Bradley Jackson. <sighs> you, um, have to, you have to read. There's a part the where she you... drinks coffee out of a mug that this says, woke it. up sexy as hell again. <laughs> and she got on Amazon. Sorry, what? What part do you want me to read? Jeff gave her the mug from Amazon and it says woke up sexy as hell again. No, my favorite part of this was Bezos takes his black or with layered Hamilton superfood non-dairy creamer in a self-warming ember mug. mug. It's an Amazon gift guide. I know. Sanchez uses a mug Bezos got her from Amazon with the words woke up sexy as hell again splashed along the side. She's funny. No, but the the other the other to keep this there's a lot of Kardashians in this. Uh, obviously, well, one mostly of her Chris. most famous friends is Chris Jenner. But this is good Hollywood. This is good Hollywood lore because remember we had spoken briefly how does Chris Jenner know her? Cuz we, we were forgot like, about her being Oh, a they've TV presenter. both yeah. been yeah. right, but like they've all been both been out in the scene for a long time. Now we finally got the answer. Chris Jenner remem- remembers Sanchez as the face of her news when she would have her coffee in the morning. She then met Sanchez when she and her then husband were peddling their super fit line of stair climbers. That's hilarious. They were in- reintroduced a few years ago by LA super connector Michael Kives over dinner at Bezos' estate in Beverly Hills. Quote, she'll make sure everyone is up to speed about what's happening in the world, says Jenner, noting Sanchez recently sent an article about the Maui wildfires to their group text, in parentheses, Jenner declined to name its members. Bezos and Sanchez also have a home in Maui, pledged $100 million to read. They love to mention how much money these people have given to charity. This is, that is 95% of this article. That's half the story. Yeah. It's like the best work I ever do is helping children. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just skip all that shit. It was getting really grating. She has more energy than I do, which is really annoying, says Jenner. <laughs> My other favorite part was when she's talking to Kim. And it's oh, yeah. not just Chris, because Kim is like, she's my girly. Like, yeah. Well, actually, I'm going to quote it. I'm not just going to say girly. Quote, Lauren and I are always sending DMs, building each other up, Kardashian says. This is Kim, not Chris. Kim. Every time there's a look that we like, she'll say, wow. Wow. Or, OMG, you look amazing. She's such a girl's girl. God, that is vintage Kardashians. Kim talking about girls' girls. (laughs) You can tell that Lauren is replying to Instagrams 
Like, OMG. Slay. Yes. Queen. <laughs> Amazing. Who made that? Wow. And, like that is, li- I bet that that's what Kim is talking about. Like a literal like responding to uh, Instagram stories. Because they talk about like they once went to an auction together because they both love auctions. And they were trying to win some like beautiful, was it Balenciaga or something dress? And they both spent like 200 grand on it. And then the the, oh, the yeah. person the 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 Kim said we'll the split atelier, it. <laughs> the atelier made yeah, it was like, we'll share it. You'll wear it, then I'll wear it, then you'll wear it, then I'll wear it. And then the atelier was like, No, I'll make two. I'll make two. Come to Paris. Well, Kim found out that it was Lauren who was also bidding, and Kim was like, I can't not win this woman's favor. So she screamed, yeah. I'll split it. And then they made them two. Can I just read to you this? I wrote What the F are rich people even doing after I read this? Okay. Mm-hmm. I witnessed this after Sanchez landed the helicopter on the side of the Sierra Diablo Mountains and we descended into the mouth of the cliff to explore the 10,000-year clock. It took over a year to drill 500 feet into solid limestone and quartz and two years for a diamond-cutting robot to slice stairs into the stone. Inside, enormous titanium and stainless gears look like giant versions of the inside of my wristwatch and led down to a 10,000-pound bronze-cased concrete pendulum. Wouldn't it be cool to have a Halloween party down here, Sanchez said? Bezos later explains that there are five metal anniversary displays that will function like a traditional cuckoo clock, chiming at one year... 10 years, 100 years, 1,000 years, and 10,000 years. (laughs) I'm sorry. What? (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) It's the the lead image of the profile. And you're sort of like, where's this, where's this woman lying down? Because she's lying on a staircase surrounded by gears. Like, it looks like she's in like a seat. She looks like she's in Hugo. But no, it's a real place in West Texas that her husband is responsible for helping to build. Yeah, there's a 10,000yearclock.net. Jeff Bezos made a website explaining the clock. I was very skeptical. I didn't want to read this until you told me, you texted me like, you got to read it. And I was like, really? <laughs> but did you enjoy it? Come on. It's no, such I enjoyed a glossy, it. I had a great time. Stupid. And then I had a great time. these glamorous Annie Leibovitz photos of her in fashion at the uh, Blue Origin facility just hanging on to poles and posing in front of rockets and I just it's just so it's it's uh, she's literally who's the woman who who's the woman she really is who's the woman um, who's who was trying to build the biggest house in the in America what's oh, her name oh Jackie Jackie Siegel oh she's the queen of Versailles I mean she's just like she's just there's there's no I do think that this piece does try and be like she's a little normal it's like no she's not normal <laughs> these people are not normal she's Where, not this normal. is not normal this is not normal because of who wrote it the cynicism is not here you know, there's no, no, cynicism no, no, here. no. And I don't no, think no, that she no, would have no, allowed no. it. That's fine. No, it's Vogue. I mean, it's vo- again, it's Vogue, right? It's Vogue. It's Vogue. You're right. It's Vogue. It's, it's Vogue. Vogue. Like it's, Vogue. it's giving. She was cleanly made up, practically photo shoot ready all over again, in styled and Wrangler jeans, Alexander McQueen sneakers, pristine white despite all the dust. Quote, we're flying. Otherwise, I'd be in cowboy mm-hmm. boots, she said, adding conspiratorially, though I have flown in heels before. Mm-hmm. She talks a lot about her helicopters. I just, I just can't believe. Yay. Annie Leibovitz blows my mind. <laughs> These photos are 
bananas. These ones are cuckoo bananas. They're amazing. She's good at what she does. They're amazing. They look like AI, but they're Annie Leibovitz. Right. And that's what I think. And that's like the... <laughs> that's the, that's, that's the weirdest thing about the Annie Leibovitz. The nicest thing. Yeah. They look... She pioneered AI. She It's AI before <laughs> AI. You know? It's incredible. The things that she's doing to lenses, like, would make a computer shiver. I, I don't know how she does Truly. this. Truly. <laughs> how did she get this gear pick? Where is she shooting from? I'm just... It's incredible. This clock pick. God. Okay. Really quick questions. Hey, is Harry Houdini the most dumb magician? <laughs> crunch, crunch. What was that? No, I can't remember another log off. Okay, crunch, crunch, fight. Is Harry Houdini the themiest magician? Beyond a doubt, one, two, three, them. Yes. I mean, yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Name another magician. Oh, we've done this. We've talked about David Blaine. We've talked about Copperfield. We've but talked he's about the Demius for real. Yeah. Catch me before I go Houdini. I don't think it's going to happen. Catch me before I go Chris Angel. Dually, but didn't say that. Catch me before I go Copperfield. Didn't say it. Not to be, not to be like, fetch isn't going to happen. I'm saying that to Dua Lipa. I'm like, catch me before I go. Houdini is not going to happen. Stop trying to make it happen. Well, you you say that, but then someone's going to make the perfect TikTok and then it's going to become a thing. But they're already feeding the trend and it's still not happening. Catch me before I go. Houdini. Oh, I already don't. In, 20, in 2086, some like 12 year old who was saying, catch me before I go. Houdini is going to end up on like the idiom dictionary entry for that phrase and realize that it's based on a song based on a magician. Oh, like, stop it. Oh, stop it. It's going it. to permeate culture. You don't understand. Stop It's going it. to drill itself into culture like Jeff Bezos drilling into that mountain. Your faith in a not that catchy Dua Lipa song is high. I don't even, I don't even love high. it. I don't even love I know. It. I know. I really, I yeah. I, I, I agree with yeah. you. It's not. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's not I want to see if you're going to call your song Houdini and 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 use his name but you're not going to give me some sort of like girly getting cut in half stunt I'm like <laughs> where's the magic honey I, I, I'm serious you want her to you want her to be cut in half honey yeah. where's the magic you want her to be like in a vat of water yeah you want her to like you want the video to be pres- the prestige what I wanted was a magic themes uh not catch me if you can um uh, what's my favorite show? Uh, now you see me. And now movie? you see me too. And now yeah. you see. And now you three me premiere trailer featuring Catch Me Before I Go Houdini, where uh, Jesse Eisenberg, who's in that movie, cuts this girly in half, mm-hmm. spins it around, so to mm-hmm. prove that she's really cut in half, and the legs go woo woo woo. Mm-hmm. I want Dua Lipa in a um, straight jacket dunked in water. <laughs> She can be sexy, covered in, but covered like, in chains and locks. Covered in yes! a bunch of locks. Yes, uh, yes. Like you're gonna, you're gonna conjure Houdini, but not play with the magic. I think that's so silly. I think that's yeah, so I think silly. I think it's silly too. I think that's I think so silly. silly. Okay, I'm glad you agree with me. Thank you. I just called about something unrelated, but you're talking about Brenda Lee, and when you posted it on your stories, I kept thinking it was Brenda Song. So does Brenda Lee know who Brenda Song is? I think we know the answer, but does Brenda Song know who Brenda Lee is? Grateful for Sharna. Crunch, crunch. Me and Grace. Bye. 
does Brenda Lee know who Brenda Song is? One, two, three. No. no. <laughs> does Brenda Song know who Brenda Lee is? One, two, three. Yes. yes. Yeah, well, because everyone knows that song. Everyone knows that song. Brenda's song, which, by the way, I bought and plays now every time <laughs> I open iTunes, which I don't open that often, but when I do, there it is. I can't believe she and Macaulay are still together. I know. Brenda Song, right. But yeah, she, Brenda Song and Macaulay are still yeah. together. And she's kind of like, like when she pops up and stuff, you're like, oh. You're like, oh. She's good. Yeah. You definitely go, yeah. oh. Because remember oh. They, had the, they had their secret baby like a few months ago? And people were like, yeah. oh. Oh. Yeah. 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 Okay. Great. Yeah. And we're done. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There. Keep calling in at 619 Who Then Believe Questions, Comments, and Concerns. Support us on patreon.com slash weekly for bonus episodes, bonus episodes, bonus episodes, <laughs> a Discord server. Hey, it's Why'd you say that in I Australian? I have no idea. Oh my God. Bonus episodes. Bonus That's so weird. Bonus episodes. That's How do you say bon- fucking crazy. Why bo- did that born- happen to Bonus episodes. God. Someone's going to call in and be like, Bobby, that's a symptom of a neurological condition and you should probably talk to your doctor. Bonus episodes. 619, <laughs> who then believe questions, comments, and concerns. <laughs> Support us on Patreon.com for bonus episodes, commentary tracks, Discord server, and more. You can also get the audio bonus, only, audio only, bonus. and stuff on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for providing our Rita theme song on Tuesdays and for also performing live at our show last night. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant for researching and editorializing and we'll see you on Tuesday. Bye. See ya. Bonus episodes. Hi, BLT. Um, Medium time, medium time. I just had to pause the pod when you were talking about uh, the Sabrina Carpenter music video. Um, I didn't realize which church it was, but I am very familiar with that intersection um, that you said uh, correctly, that it's unholy intersection. It's like Havemeyer and Metropolitan. Um, I'm familiar because I got hit by a car <laughs> crossing the street at that intersection, like right in front of that church. And it was super traumatic. So it is an unholy uh, intersection. I can confirm that. Okay. Sorry to be a downer. Um Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. Um, Long time, long time. I am so excited to get to call in about my favorite little, like, I wouldn't call it conspiracy theory, but, like, weird topic, which is spokeswomen for Old Navy commercials. Um, (laughs) When that caller last week or this week, whatever, today, the episode I'm listening to called in, and uh, said that they were, like, confused by Natasha Leone. I had the exact opposite reaction because there's been so many people in her, like, general friend group who have been in these commercials. It seems like whoever does, like, books the talent for Old Navy commercials is, like, in this friend group of female comedians adjacent to SNL and or popular in the late 90s, early 2000s. So, like, before Natasha Leone, there we've had Julia Louis-Dreyfus, we've had Amy Poehler, we've had uh, Aidy Bryant, um, Jennifer Coolidge, I think, was the most recent one before uh, before Natasha Leone. I think Cecily Strong has done it before. Like, 
the it's all people in the same like niche and friend group. I don't know if they all like share a manager or what, but it's just it's I have always every time a new spokeswoman comes out, I'm like, oh, they passed it along to the next girly in the group. Here she is. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> that's my theory and what I have noticed about old navy commercials and their spokeswomen. So, crunch crunch. Bye. Hi, Lindsay Bobby, especially Timmy. Um, I'm sure this is going to end up in Call You're Doing Amazing, sweetie, because it's literally about the movie Thanksgiving. But I want to back Timmy up. I I am so excited for Thanksgiving. The, the five Addison Murphy fans are so excited for this movie. And now that the strike's over, she can do a red carpet where I don't know what she's going to wear, but it's Addison Rae's Scream Queen era. We're so excited for it. I don't know if Patrick Dempsey fans are excited for it, but the Addison Ray fans are so excited for Thanksgiving, which, if this is played on Friday's call, is out now, and everyone should go and see it so we get a franchise of it. Justice for Timmy.